Hola, somos Tania Moreno y Daniela Álvarez de TCU. Y estás escuchando College Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! This is Tania Moreno and Daniela Álvarez from TCU. And you are on College Beach Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! Hi everyone, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you are listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Alana Rennie of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And I'm Alex Parker of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And you're listening to College Beach Volleyball Weekly. Is that right? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, good day, everyone. I'm Rob Espero with the Viral Volley Podcast. We've got a special episode of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition Top 20. On screen, we have LSU head coach Russell Brock, and it's totally an honor always just to speak with him on the beach, just a wonderful countenance and personality to see. And, but on top of that, incredible accomplishments at LSU since even coming on board in 2014, and then taking the head head helm is that 2017. So uh, Russ, thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Always enjoy chatting. Oh, uh, well, I'm looking forward to the, all the, the good stuff you got, especially since we are regular season's done. You guys are in a holding pattern until your conference tournament this weekend. But I wanted to find out more about your team because you know, they've kind of come up really strong here in the tail end of this 2022 season. So let me ask you this. Going into the 2022, um, you lost a few pieces due to graduation, like the history-making pair of uh, Kristen Duss and Taryn Cloth, and others like Tony Rodriguez, Jess Landsman, and Claire Coppola due to graduation or transfer. But um, what was your outlook as the head coach going into 2022? Yeah, you know, it was, it was an interesting year because it's been, you know, we've kind of been in the building process since the program started. We've kind of been adding and adding and adding and adding players and adding experience. And um, this was the first year, really, I mean, even though we've lost players every year where we lost a big chunk of our program. So, um, you know, the perception, you know, among the experts around the country is that we were going to be pretty far off, um, you know, the standard that we had set. And, you know, that was really motivational, you know, for us as a team, we, we knew that um, we obviously lost um, hugely significant and impactful players on our program. And, and even outside the ones that you listed, I mean, we had players that, um, you know, were contributors at practice that we knew brought a lot to the table, even players like Kaylee York, who, um, you know, wasn't one of those please, uh, players or Olivia Ordonez powers who, you know, had been in the lineup for years and, were significant pieces to our, to our team. So for sure there was, um, you know, a little uncertainty, but we also knew, even though we had 13 going out, we had, you know, a good chunk, 12 or 13 who were still returners. And all of those returners had been playing against um, basically in our opinion, the best team in the country for the last two years. So even though they hadn't really been in the lineup, the experience that they got playing against Claire and Kristen and Tony and, and Olivia and Kay, uh, you know, Kaylee and, and Jess, all of those, they, they've had to face them every single day. So it wasn't even like they played, you know, 30 matches a year. They played, you know, 100 matches a year against the best team in the country. So we knew that they had um, been training really hard. They were very capable players. They were highly recruited for our program. They just hadn't been in the lineup. So it was, it was kind of fun and it was really exciting because we had players who were hungry 
Um, they had been around a program. They thought they were going to get a chance the year before, but then we had a bunch of people return because of the COVID um, option. And so they were hungry, chomping at the bit, ready to get in the lineup and ready to prove that they were the good players that we all knew that they were. So um, it was kind of fun to see us kind of down the, down the line a little bit and to know that these players who were going to be in the lineup, they were finally going to get their shot, were capable and that we were excited. We had the same expectations to compete um, locally, regionally, nationally, to be one of the best teams in the country. Well, you definitely have a, a strong squad as we develop. We've seen the progression through the 2022 season. But, you know, coming into the season, uh, I saw you at the UCLA Invitational, and we just were chatting on the side. And you know, I had to ask this particular question of you, but, um, you know, when the Sydney Tigers were in Manhattan Beach for that, that UCLA Invitational, I asked you about, um, your team and, and the athletes having to deal with like a, a wow factor because, you know, you see Olympians like Tina Gradina there, big names like Haley Harward, Julie Scholes, and then you know, Lexi Denneberg. And, but, um, and your response was interesting. I'm like, I was so surprised that a lot of these girls didn't, weren't aware of who they were, but that also on top of that, that they weren't even true beach players. So I was hoping you can, you know, Maybe go to an expanded explanation as to uh, what you shared with me on the beach that day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think that that's one of the beauties of having kind of those less experienced players is um, they know who the players on our team are, but they don't really know a whole lot about kind of the, the landscape of beach volleyball across the country, traditionally, historically. Um, so, you know, those, those players who are walking into those matches, they kind of knew who they were, but they hadn't had you know, 10 years of, you know, following the sport and, and really understanding the major players or even the other programs. Um, and that's sometimes that's a big blessing. Um, yeah. Even some of those indoor crossover players, you know, like Holly, who ended up having to play against Tina, like she's played against the best indoor players in the world for the last four years. So, you know, for her to face another player who's highly touted, you know, really didn't give her much pause and she was just going to go out and try and do the things that we trained and I think that that's right. um, the beauty of of kind of where we were in that moment is that they they didn't mind who was on the other side of the net they were just going to play as as hard as they could yeah well it just seems that you know being having these crossover players who are obviously extremely talented but um, the progression of, of adapting to the sand game has been really fast for your crew um, what do you attribute that success to? Uh, well, a big piece of it is how hard they work. Um, you know, and we've had traditionally, our program has had uh, indoor crossovers, you know, for a long time. So it's something that we've, you know, we've kind of out like how to progress them as fast as possible and really to focus on the things that they um, can do well and try and put them in positions with partners that allow them to be comfortable doing what they're naturally capable of. And then the longer they're around, then obviously their game becomes more and more well-rounded. And I think that that's the case with particularly those two this year um, with Holly and Kylie is, um, you know, they were able to, they had the ability, they just didn't have the experience. So to put them in positions with partners who could help them be successful. And then as they go through the season, they get more and more capable of playing our game and, and the things that make them great indoor, we find ways to incorporate them in the sand. And then the, the things that make them vulnerable, then obviously we just work 
every every week that we come back from an event. Um, it's funny you have that conversation. Like we'll be on the you know at the airport coming home, and Kylie would say, "Hey, th- this week I really want to work on pulling." I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're you're ready. Like you know you need that. And the next week she'd be like, you know what? You know I really need to work on this. That you know this aspect of my game because you you see where you're vulnerable and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the opportunity to really get a motivated athlete who's capable and physical and athletic and now understands really because of a hands-on experience what they need to work on and you're you're capable you're able to really attack those vulnerabilities um efficiently and and yeah. during the course of the season wow well, it's definitely some good stuff uh, seeing where these athletes are, are going because even being able to, like, it's a lot different watching a stream from your site versus seeing play in person. But the things they're doing, mechanics and uh, strategy wise, and seeing their skill sets, I mean, they're developing really fast and they're really good. So, um, great competitors on the court. Um, Absolutely. I want to jump uh, beginning of the season here. Um, you started 2022 with a 15 and 0 record. And you had to be pretty optimistic with a team that knocked off two top seven teams in LMU, Grand Canyon, and that stretch. But what were your thoughts on the Sandy Tigers' start to the season? Yeah, super excited. I mean, when we headed into the season, we were realistic. We knew we didn't have the experience. Um, we, we knew we had great players, but there was going to be a learning curve. So um, to come out like that, honestly, was a little surprising just to be that far ahead of the curve because it wasn't like, you know, we scheduled um, a bunch of, you know, patsies so we could just come out and get a bunch of wins. Like we had some really tough competition. Um, And every time we stepped up, even opening weekend, you know, playing Tulane at their place, playing Georgia state, you know, in one of our early, early matches. And we had, you know, the 10 people in the lineup, maybe three of them had played, you know, significant beach, college beach volleyball before so Mm -hmm. when you're playing against teams that are well trained and have veteran beach volleyball players like that's just a recipe for disaster um, without (laughs) the experience so yeah so starting out and and you know getting those five wins early and then the next weekend going out and getting more wins like it was it was it was almost confirmation that um what we were doing and how we were doing it was was really working and worthwhile because even from the get-go our focus wasn't on necessarily wins and losses. Our focus was, hey, let's play the right way. Let's play um, with intensity, with integrity, with a high execution. You know, let's let's love each other well. Let's care for each other. Let's set the standard for our success. Something off of a scoreboard because you only get so many opportunities to 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 understand if you're winning. Um, using a scoreboard, but every single day, every single practice, every single moment, you can determine if you're a success, if you have a different standard. So we tried to set just a different standard for our team, knowing that, you know, wins and losses weren't going to be necessarily um, within our total control early in the season. We knew we'd get to where we needed to be as we came down the stretch, as we gained experience, but that wasn't our vision. That wasn't our goal to try and be undefeated you know four weekends into the season we just wanted to be um, executing and playing and treating each other and enjoying our process as much as we possibly could and and then we'd see where we were when the dust settled as we got towards the home stretch yeah well you know from um, perusing your stats and watching your team play uh, looks like you have a pretty versatile squad with pieces that you successfully move 
between the different flights and you know, i've seen um you know one is is a dog fight you know that's kind of like okay we just kind of got to go in and and win if we can but twos threes and fours you got a bunch of pieces you're moving you know from fours to twos twos to threes but gosh they are all able to just uh play well with whomever they're partnered with and they seem to be getting it done in that two through four slots um can you explain what's made that shuffling so successful for you and your team? Sure. Yeah, we, um, you know, knowing that we didn't have any established pairs, we had zero pairs returning, like not even outside of the lineup. Everybody who was on the squad, um, you know, ha didn't have a partner who they had played with at all. So all through the fall, knowing that we played a lot of different matchups, you know, we were really looking for some chemistry sparks and for some natural um, partnerships and every weekend that we went in to play our fall competitions we'd mix it up we play everybody with everybody and just try and get some film on um, you know data you know stats and data and film to try and see okay who really works well together so then when we headed into the season we're like all right this is where we're going to start and obviously it worked pretty well um, initially as we got into the season but then when we got you know about halfway through and we had run a pretty consistent lineup. We knew we could beat a lot of people, but we also knew we hadn't beaten Florida State. We didn't beat UCLA. You know, we didn't beat any of the teams that were above us in the rankings. So heading into the second half of the season, we said, okay, let's, let, let's mix it up. Let's put some different pairings out there because we know we're going to play most of them again. And let's mm -hmm. see if we can match up maybe a little bit better or maybe find some um, additional chemistry or just a few points here and there because they were close. And then we'll have the ability when we get to conference to either go back to where we were or maybe do a different version of who we are. But there was always confidence and trust that, you know, wherever we ended up, we had the ability to compete with anybody we are across the net from. And mm -hmm. that was, once again, that's a huge credit to our athletes for one being um, to buying into our system so they could kind of switch partners and still be able to play the same game. But two, to trust our coaching staff that we were really, we weren't demoting or promoting or dissatisfied. We were just using um, our depth as an opportunity to try and be a little bit better, which is all we need to be heading into the home stretch to maybe get over the hump against some of those teams that are ahead of us. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I recognize like towards the tail end of the season here is um, um, your strengths have been in your three, fours, and fives. That's I'm going to drop some names here: Holly Carlton, Riley Allred, Grace Seat Sites, and Kelly Ag Green Agnew, yeah. Ellie Shank, and Sierra Capo. Um, after the uh, UCLA invitation, I was like, "Wow, though your threes through fives saw a lot of success." Um, did you expect that level from them going into the tail end here? Yeah, we knew. Um, I mean, just coming into the season without a lot of experience, we knew that our strength was in our depth. So it wouldn't matter, in our opinion, who was playing in those slots that we basically like our fives can compete with our ones and twos. You know, our fours can compete with our ones and twos like that's the strength. Our sixes that aren't in the lineup like they can routinely give our twos and threes like a battle. And that's not to say that we're not better or higher in the lineup. We're just our depth is our strength. So inevitably you know, as, as you go play in rank order, like the teams that are lower in the lineup from other schools are going to be, you know, somewhat weaker than the teams at the top of their lineup. We feel like our strength is that our teams that are low in the lineup aren't that much 
weaker than the teams at the top of our lineup. So we knew coming in that we had to be really competitive um, at the bottom of the lineup, the middle to the bottom, because we felt like that was the strength of our program and the way that we were built. So, and that's, and thankfully that's played out because if we couldn't be competitive at the middle to the bottom, then we were going to have a tough time with teams that, you know, have more experience and, and uh, that depth at the top. Yeah. You know, in, in speaking with the other teams during this season on the uh, podcast, uh, you know, one of the patterns that we in the, in this, or that our team saw, on the podcast was two threes and fours were big, but it was, I was like, wow, this is a, for us and his programs, a threes, fours, and fives. I wonder if that was intentional. <laughs> right. Um, well, looking here at the tail end now, they finished the season with a 4 0 weekend in the Battle of the Bayou. Um, what are your thoughts on the way the Sandy Tigers finish the season? Yeah, those, those last four matches at home um, weren't against some of the tougher competition we faced. Um, but there are definitely teams that have been improving and uh, a lot of local teams, which we love, you know, the more we can get Louisiana volleyball to continue to improve and, and put pairs out there and players out there that can compete on a national stage, um, the better it is for our, you know, little region, our little neck of the woods. So um, it, they were matches that we expected to win. So even going into it, the conversations weren't, Hey, we need to come out four and oh, it's like, we need to come out um, satisfied with how we play these matches um, and I think that um, the beauty of it was, I think one of our best matches that we played last year in 2021 was our senior night. Um, it was the way that those that our team played for each other, supported each other, cheered each other on um, the last match of basically our regular season. And when we had as many seniors as possible, we could get into the lineup was honestly inspirational. I'd almost forgotten about it, but then this year, when we got to that last match, it was the same scenario. Like when we put all those seniors into the lineup and we, we got to um, play for each other in that way and really take the focus off of, uh, you know, my pair or my ability and say, I'm, I'm going to play for that senior who's next to me or that, or that senior who's on the court down the road, or I'm not in a lineup because a senior is, and I'm going to give everything I can to root them on and cheer for them. Like when we kind of reach that space emotionally, um, our play rises to a whole new level. So it was a great reminder. Um, and really what I brought out of that weekend was just really as we kind of head into the home stretch with conference and nationals, like that's got to be our mindset, not necessarily for our seniors, but for each other um, that allows the best to come out of us when we selflessly um, attack this sport and, and, selflessly interact with each other in a way that makes others more important than we are personally and it brings us into a whole new level hi everyone this is madison fitzpatrick at florida state and you're listening or watching college volleyball weekly beach edition top 20. hi i'm erica brock from fau hi mackenzie morris from fau and you're, you're listening, listening to college volleyball weekly beach edition so russ it, it just seems like uh, if you don't have a mission statement I feel like there's one that's pretty predominant with your team, but if there is or isn't, you know, what would you say that is that would best describe your team and the culture that it operates in? Yeah, I think every year we have, you know, a little nuance, something a little bit different. We pick a word or a phrase and this year that words is intentional. And that's, you know, really about, you know, it's referencing the fact that we want to be where our feet are. We really want to um, engage, not looking forward, not looking behind, but really just like, what are we doing right now? And, and, 
you know, loving each other well. And then that the spinoff of, of that particular word is um, that we want to uh, we want to redefine success, which we've kind of talked about a little bit, you know, not necessarily waiting because ultimately at the end of the year, there's one team that wins their last match. And if that's what you're using to define your success, then there's one team that's successful. And we didn't want that to be us. We wanted to be able to be successful every day. And success to us can happen by walking into the facility, going out to practice and looking forward to being around those people who you know care about you and love you well. Like that's success. It doesn't have to wait until the last match or the last tournament. Um, and then the other word we talked about, which kind of works into that is, um, is um, reclaiming or um, uh, basically kind of re reclaiming the word together. Like we want to mm -hmm. be, we want to enjoy each other. We want to be able to, to look forward to being together. And, and, you know, whether it's a coach that walks into weights in the morning or, you know, uh, you know our uh, athletic trainer that's going to, you know, need you to show up somewhere, you're going to want to be around. And that's that whole together thing is important. And, you know, even kind of like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, to, to see like when we're really doing what we need to do, the words that would come to mind would be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. All of those words that, mm -hmm. you know, are fruit of a life that's being lived well um, that is that should resonate with people when they watch it. It should look attractive. It should it should smell successful, you know, not necessarily with an actual fragrance, but just by watching it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, like I said, when we're doing when we're doing life well together, that then we're playing well together. And that's what's more important. That's the success that we're striving for this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I know I kind of jumped off of the normal question track, but I did have a follow up to the original question. But, you know, on your squad, um, is there anyone or, or a group of athletes or athlete that has impressed you in their growth and play this season? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, anytime you've got players who've never played the game before and they can play at a level like when you see you know, the match that we played against USC and Holly and Riley had to play ones just because we were in the flux of moving our lineup and, and they had to play in that slot in that match because that's kind of where we were. And and they played against Tina and Haley and, you know, battled them to a third. I mean, that's that kind of progress within the course of a year to have people on one side of the net who had played in the Olympics and were one of the best defenders in in the college beach volleyball game against two players that basically had just started playing and just battled yeah. them tooth and nail. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, and then for Kylie playing, you know, basically twos, you know, all year long and, and literally had never stepped in the sand to play a volleyball match until the end wow. of February. Um, and then we've got people like, uh, you know, Parker Bracken, who's a freshman who's now playing at the ones and is, is just holding her own and, and is, is absolutely you know, uh, she's not afraid of anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. She's going to go out there and battle you tooth and nail. Um, so I think that, and you could really honestly go down the list because in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, for our players to be playing um, in these matches against these veteran players um, and, and to not be affected um, is pretty remarkable. And I'm, I'm so proud of them for that because they, mm -hmm. they just love the game and they love each other 
and they're not afraid to go out there and battle against anybody. And, and so the, the growth that we've seen, um, and even I think it's almost like a, a maturing process because they were babies. You know, a lot of them were just babies in the game. And now they're, <laughs> you know, they're still young, but they've matured in, in a way that allows them to compete at the highest level of the sport. And that's, that's a lot of fun. Right. Wow. That's uh, pretty exciting. I did not realize that you had a freshman in your once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's go now as you uh, are relaxing in this bye week, so to speak, but you know, you're now preparing for what will most likely be a slugfest in a CCSA. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel that, that the Sandy Tigers is in a good place to make a strong run against these CCSA teams? Yeah, I think that one thing that we've learned, um, and you know, last year was a huge lesson for us. We we had a great team, obviously, last year, and um, you know, Florida State was kind of our nemesis during the season. We played them four or five times, maybe six times. I can't even remember. We played them a ton, and we never beat them, and we didn't have a chance. We were in every match, but we never beat them. But then when we got to nationals, we played them again, and we knocked them out. And um, so I think that's that never to say I die attitude. There. The losses that we've had against the teams and how we've lost haven't discouraged anybody on our squad. Like we know all it's shown us is that, hey, we we are right there. Like and even what we talked about today is how can you get like every single player needs to step up and talk about how can we get just one percent better? Like what can you do to help our program be one percent better? Because that's about how far we, we are away from being able to get over the hump against not just one of them, but all of them. And granted, everybody's capable. I think if that's one thing that they've proven is they can beat us, they can all beat each other. Um, mm -hmm. And we have proven that we can compete, but we haven't been able to beat them. But that's never been something that we're afraid of, of that challenge. And I think that, um, you know, the more we have those opportunities, the more we feel like, hey, we're going we're gonna to get, get through and, and break through that barrier and, and come out on top. So, you know, we get, we for sure will get opportunities that, at conference and we expect to get opportunities at nationals to to keep knocking on that door and you know we're not going to stop knocking <laughs> sounds good well i mean even further on and, and i know we we spoke a little bit about this because i just wanted clarity clarity on who is going to be in gulf shores um because they're going to a 16 team format and it, it was it, i haven't really seen a document out there so i had to ask you before we went on but assuming that that lsu is going to be out there you, know, you have been uh, one of the most constant teams and consistent teams that have been in Gulf Shores playing for a national championship. Um, how do you feel about your team's ability to compete again there and challenge the top teams across the nation? Yeah, I think that um, we enjoy playing in Gulf Shores. When we usually, we try and go there every fall. Um, and then we usually schedule at least one event there during the spring as well, um, mm -hmm. just because it's, it's a fun place to be like we enjoy going there. I think that we've traditionally played well there. And part of it's probably because, um, you know, we get when we do get to nationals, there's a lot of purple and gold that shows up to support us. And, um, and so there's a lot of great energy. Um, and, you know, when we talk about building a roster, we talk about putting a lineup together. We want one that is built to compete well at Gulf Shores at the national tournament against the top teams in the country. Mm -hmm. um, and we feel like traditionally, historically, we've 
been able to do that. And we've had some great wins. We've had some close losses, but there hasn't been a time where we've been at Gulf Shores at the national championship tournament and not been able to compete at that level. So that's our expectation. Um, we we want to compete all year and have great seasons, but ultimately you're trying to get to the national championship tournament and you're trying to put on a good show and put yourself in position to potentially win it all. And, and so that's, you know, what we're expecting to do again this year. Yep. You know, looking at your schedule and the results, I mean, the eight, the eight losses you have, they're all really tight decisions uh, for the most part, but four of those teams that you face were in the top five, you know, and, and there are two losses to TCU, two to Florida state and two to UCLA. But again, tight matchups in those duels um, that 1% could be a big deal come uh, at Gulf Shores, but it seems like you, I mean, the sense I'm getting is you feel like your team is in that place to be able to potentially pull that off. For sure. And I think, you know, obviously all those teams that you mentioned have to feel that way as well. They have to feel like they're in position um, and they've earned the right to say, look, we think we can do this. And, um, but we feel like we're in that mix as well. Um, you know, it's, they have been very close. The thing is that we've had some very close matchups but they've all been losses so um but once again that's not something that is daunting like we just know hey we got to be a little bit better it's not out of reach it's just we've got to execute a little bit better and um, on any particular day we know we have the firepower and the ability and um, we feel like we can game plan well enough to put ourselves in position to if we execute if we play in a way um, with the joy you know with the peace with the confidence that we know that we can that we could beat anybody on any particular day. Yeah. Well, final question for you, but if the season were to end today, how would you describe this team? You know, it's funny because that question has come up a couple of times and I even <laughs> mentioned it to um, our team today um, when we were talking about kind of these next couple of weeks that are all that's left. Um, you know, my, if we could, if we could finish it off, say we finish and win the national championship, to me, all that is is a kind of a public statement about what behind the scenes, privately, we've known all all along, all year, since before we even started playing. We've known that we are an incredible team with some passionate players that understand how to play the game, um, that are capable of of being champions. Um, and so, for us, whether we do or don't end as that last team that's that's gonna kind of hold up the trophy and run into the into the water we hope that that's us but if it even if it's not regardless of whether it is or it isn't like our success has been proven on a day in and day out basis on things that are you know much different than than just points on a scoreboard so it would be a public acknowledgement like everybody else would say hey look they're winners but mm -hmm. we already know who we are and that's the beauty of um, kind of playing in this way is that um, there is zero doubt when the season ends, regardless of how it, uh, how it finishes, that I'm going to look back on this season with this group of girls and be so proud and um, so excited about just remembering the process that we've been on and, and kind of how we played this year. Yeah. Well, uh, Russell, appreciate you coming on and I uh, wish you the best at uh, Gulf Shores. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm going to go CCSAs and then right. Gulf Shores. You got to go there first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time this evening. I know that uh, 
Um, this is probably breather time and it's kind of get your recollect your thoughts before the real competition begins this weekend. So I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always fun to talk and I love all the interviews you do. So it's, uh, it's fun to be on this side of it. So thank you very much. I'll always take more LSU people, just so you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>